for show here on Faith FM, dude. Imagine running forty-two kilometers in two hours. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That that is like the most gnarly thing in the whole world. Like I am, mm-hmm. I am convinced that if if you can do that, you are a special kind of person. That's that's something else. You're listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM. I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that whenever I hear when it, if you can run a marathon in under three hours, you are a freak. Like that is actually the most. You scare me as a person. Like I am, I am physically scared that you have the capability to do lots of dangerous things if you can run forty-two kilometers in under three hours. And then you know, there's Elliot Kipchoge who can do it under two. You're listening to the breakfast show, and you're joined this morning by myself. We've also got Lyle in here as well. And you guys have been a little bit quiet on the text line. I know it. It is start of the year. Everyone is is getting back into their routines, but. Man, you know, just, just, uh, you, they're just not used to having you and I here, Lawson. That's right. They're shy. They've become shy, I think, in, in, in our presence, which they're, as, as you said, not used to. But hey, let's give them our next quiz question. Okay. So here it comes. Fill in the blank. Micah chapter six and verse eight. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to something humbly with your God. What is the something? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me, let, me, let, me, let me read it again. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to blank humbly with your God. Yeah, absolutely. What is the missing word? What is the, the answer? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Our prize for this week: the Revive Cafe Cookbook Number Three. We want to give it to you for free if you win the draw. And to win the draw, you have to answer questions correctly. Again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Fill in the blank there, and to blank humbly with your God from Micah 6.8. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You're just reflecting a little bit on the interview that we had with Brad Moody, talking about the Sabbath, talking about the day of rest and of worship that God has given us. The Sabbath is also, I think, an example of why God's law or the principle of law is is binding throughout all of history and, and eternity because even in the garden, God had stipulations. God had a stipulation, don't eat of the tree. God had a stipulation, you know, a man shall leave his mother and his father and join with his wife or cleave to his wife if you're KJV inclined. And and similarly with the Sabbath as well. Like God has always had, had standards. I think it's like quite almost deceptive or misrepresenting God. When, when people say the law is done away with, like that phrase uh, and to apply and to say, yes, God has, no longer has stipulations or standards. And that even themselves is kind of a bit of double speak because then when you say, okay, can we murder people? And they're like, absolutely not. That's sin. It, it's, it's, it makes no sense whatsoever at all. It has my you head cannot, spinning at least. You cannot pick and choose which one of the commandments you want to keep. You either decide to keep them in honor to God or you decide not to keep them. <laughs> just, just don't try and pick and choose. I mean, Matthew chapter 24 is all about the signs of Jesus coming. It is all about the end of the world. And there is a very explicit command within Matthew 24 verse 20 to keep the Sabbath at the end of time. Yeah, absolutely. In a time of judgment, in a yeah. time in which God's people are trying to be determined amongst you know those in the world who are led otherwise or who are deciding otherwise, the law is is the litmus test it, it really is and which which i find particularly interesting 
you know, and, and this is something, a conversation that I had with young people down in Jindabyne last week as I was preaching there for the summer camps. We were talking about judgment and we were talking about, you know, how it is that God judges and what he judges between and what he judges for. And, and you know, looking at the sanctuary, for example, and, and Yom Kippur and the Day of Judgment. And what's made very clear is that God is seeking and searching for our repentance, but it's our repentance that would lead us to then grow and to change him to work in our hearts and and make us more than we are to keep his commandments, to keep his standards, which we fall very short of as sinful people. And and it's so interesting. It's it's like, yes, God can change us so that we can stop lying. Yes, God can change us so that we can we can stop stealing, we can stop murdering, or we can stop lusting. But it's amazing that <laughs> what God can also change us to do, which, man, I feel like this should take so little convincing. It's like God wants to work in your heart to enable you to relax. And spend time with people. It's like that is if if there if there is not a positive change or something positive that you can't see in that, I don't know where you're looking because it's powerful. Absolutely. Hey Lawson, just looking at this uh, latest text message that came here through from Mike. Yeah. And and, and before we read it, um, do you remember when we used to do? Or remember when we used to do Bible work together? Yeah. Yes. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Okay. And the reason I use that phrase is because it helps us to understand a little bit of what. My, sorry, Wayne is saying in this text message when he talks about the word remember in the Ten Commandments because there are two ways of reading that. Mm. You can read it as a command to remember Mm. or you can read it as a statement of, ah, remember the Sabbath. Mm. In other words... It has already existed. It has. Yeah. It is something that has already been there because some people say, oh, the Sabbath never existed before Mount Sinai. Rubbish. Yeah. The Sabbath is mentioned a number of times before Mount Sinai um, and the Bible specifically says that the commandments have always existed mm-hmm. and the Sabbath is mentioned you know, in Genesis chapter 2 where it is established and given to human beings as a day of rest in the Garden of Eden where they were put to work. Mm. God put them in the Garden of Eden, he set them to work, and he gave them a day of rest. Yeah. And so when God says, remember, it's a little bit like saying, yeah, remember the Sabbath. Yeah, and I think... I made, I made that way back in Eden. Eden. What I think is so interesting as well is when we jump forward in time to the era of the disciples and we read about it in the book of Acts, which the Acts is... The book of Acts and the book of Luke, written both Acts and Luke being written by Luke are the most Gentile-focused books in the Bible. Yes. Like, the, 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 well, Luke is the Gentile-focused retelling of Jesus' life. And then Acts is, well, the only telling of the book, well, of the period in which they of went the to the, church. Of the, the early church, church, where they went out to the Gentiles. And Luke, a Gentile, his language regarding Sabbath, again, post-Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, they went out on Saturday, or hey, they went out during a time, he went to the synagogue during the time of the Jewish Sabbath. I, 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 particularly, my favorite example is Acts chapter 16. They rock up in Philippi, a place with seemingly no synagogue, because on the Sabbath they don't go there. And it says, on the Sabbath day, we went out to a place where it's customary to make prayer. It's like, this was their activities. This is what they were getting up to during that time. And this is, again, well after the vision that Peter has that people claim to, oh, yes, this, this does away with clean and unclean. And, and it's like, that, you know, this, this is set a trend that, oh, they're, they're not keeping the law anymore. It's, it's post-Acts chapter 15 where it's like, oh, yeah, all Christians need to do is not be sexually immoral and, and not eat things strangled, which, I, you know, in regards to not eating things strangled with the blood, I feel like there are a fair few Christians 
who who fail in 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 that regard as well, who don't live up to that standard. Yeah, it's right. clearly there. Absolutely, they're like, yep, these are the only things that we need to do, and it's like, oh, and you still don't do them. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but what we see so clearly there is is hey, like even the Gentiles who were receiving the message of the gospel, they were very clear, like, oh, yeah, the Sabbath is something we should do. The Sabbath is something that we you read this do. one already. Sabbath is something we should be about. Yeah, oh, you read it for us. Oh, we, we, wait, we read this one. We right? read that one already. Yep. We okay. read that one. Oh. Uh, you know, I love how Wayne said there as well, um, better put creation first. We also have Chris riding in, the happy diver Chris, um, loving the double L team on the Brecky show. So, yeah, getting it done early this year as we've returned back, living our best lives here on Faith FM on the Brecky show. And you know what? I did give you guys a bit of a hard time. I was like, come on, guys, wake up. And then a flood of text messages came in. So, hey, keep interacting with us. You know, let we us, love hearing let us from you guys. Here. Especially we've moved we love into you this, guys. We've moved into this dungeon studio. There's no windows outside. We don't know where anyone is. We're, 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 we're lost for time in here. But, hey, you guys interacting with us, it is definitely a blessing. But now we're going to jump into our Bible study. We're going to be talking about all, all about the Psalms. And yesterday we were looking, giving a bit of an introduction as to what the Psalms are. And very much actually focusing on, on our favorite Psalms, how they relate to us, what we think about them, how we feel about them, how they have been maybe a blessing to us in the past and how they can be a blessing to you as well. Because it's very much people's experiences and how they're basically praying those things to God. They're singing those things to God. They're like, God, this is what I'm going through. Help me to understand how. Help me to understand why. And I love the point you made yesterday. It's wrestling, not in a deconstructive sense, but rather in a constructive sense. Yes. That they're formulating this this thought and this idea that they will ultimately resolve in God. God, I'm going through this. This is how I found resolve in you. It's powerful, powerful stuff that we can very much relate to. You're listening to The Breakfast Chat. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. I want to start by reading a couple different passages about, well, that the lesson has given us here, the 20 million movement, relating to how it is that Psalms really apply in our life and kind of succinctly bringing together and concisely bringing together what we were talking about yesterday. Let's start, if you want to pick it up for, from Psalms 105 for us. Get Psalms 105 and verse 5, if you can read that one for us. The Bible says, remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgment of his mouth. Yeah, we also see that word there, right? Remember. Yes. Remember, we, we saw before, remember the Sabbath we're seeing here. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. We read Psalm 1 yesterday, and the the very first point that the Psalms makes is, hey, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the counsel of the wicked or the seat. don't sit in the seat of the scornful or put yourself in the path of sinners. He's like, hey, if you want to live a life, successfully following God, having a relationship with Him. Don't put yourself in these places. Rather, meditate on God's law day and night. Now you can say, okay, what is he, What is you know the writer of Psalm 1 meaning by God's law? You can say either specifically the commandments, you can further expand that probably to the Torah itself, which was regarded the entirety of the Torah, the history of God's people as the law. I think it's a fantastic thing to do to remember and to dwell on the history of God's people. And that's exactly why we would pick up and read the Psalms. 
you're reading people's reflections, people from the Bible, their reflections on their experience. And it's interesting to see this theme of remembering coming through. Mm. You know, because we were talking about that in relationship to the Sabbath commandment. Um, Here you see the word remembering coming through in relationship to God's works. So that's creation. Mm. You know, so this is this is once again there's a link here to the Sabbath. Um, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. So you've got Sabbath and judgment in that one verse right there. Mm, absolutely. Uh, which are two really, you know, themes that kind of, you know, they place us at the beginning and the ending of history of our yes. planet. Yes. You know, we've got creation, remember his marvelous works that he has done, the judgment of his mouth. That's how it all finishes at the end. You've got the great controversy happening in between. Absolutely. And the idea there is to remember his marvelous works because it brings us in reverence of God, in awe of God, into a place where we we put God in his right place, honestly, which is he is high and mighty, but he is also loving and caring to us. I, uh, I'm a particularly patriotic person, you know, when it comes to... The things that I do, the way I identify myself, one of those identifications, yeah, as I said, I was just down in Jindabyne preaching at the summer camp there and I was telling them how patriotic I am about being from Newcastle. You are the most patriotic Novocastrian I know. It, it, and it was so funny. I was having a conversation with someone afterwards and they were like, they're, they're from down south, but they're like, man, every guy I know from Newcastle is the same. Like, they're just so patriotic about how great Newcastle is. He's like, I'm listening to you talk about how much you like Newcastle, Lawson, and I'm hearing my other friends from Newcastle and all the same things that they say about how amazing Newcastle is. Now... The, the other thing that I'm patriotic about is is about being an Australian. And, and one of the reasons, one, one thing that kind of fuels my patriotism a little bit is that I come from a family with a military history. Um, not myself and not my, my dad, but my grandfather, he served in World War II, and my great-grandfather served in World War I. Particularly my grandfather, he was he was shot uh, in World War Two. He was shrapneled. He got he was in he was on the Kokoda Trail. He got he was a double diamond commando going behind enemy lines. He got like malaria and scrubtitis. Got taken out of that place with holes in him and no hair left on his body and survived and and had ten kids. And my my dad particularly again my dad is a patriotic Novocastro but also a patriotic Australian. And we stand there, like it is not negotiable that we participate in the dawn service every single year (laughs) it is not negotiable and we stand there and we say lest we forget like what these people are coming to my dawn service this year uh, absolutely. Where is it? How, is, point. It'll be at camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Oh, dude, dawn absolutely. At this point this I'm year. I'm super keen to be there. Good. I'm going to be there, Lyle. I'm going to be representing. Uh, yeah, and and also like my grandfather, and, and it very much fuels my patriotism of Australia, and it helps me. Like, and I, I we stand there, and I remember, like, I'm grateful to live in a country where there's certain freedoms and whatnot, and I think. I, I think of the high and lofty ideals of a country like Australia because I stand there and I remember the things that like my grandfather went through to to defend our country and and I know that uh, we've got producer Shell in the studio she's an American that theme is just and patriotism and that idea of remembering those who served is just rife throughout their culture and their their history of patriotism and we see that theme brought out here remember his marvelous works. It's like I, I think of my grandfather and I think of the country I live in with reverence and respect because I think of the works that they did. And we see here, remember his marvelous works. To put ourselves in the right place before God. Psalms is an amazing place to go to because we can see 
God working in people's lives. And it gives us absolute respect of God. When we see either David's prayer of, hey, take out my enemies, Lord, defend me, and then his resolve, which is usually that he is defended, or we see David's prayer of repentance. I come to a place of respect of God because there I see a dynamic God who is willing to work with people, love people, care for people, and be in their situations. I think it's it's a powerful motif to remember God, to see God through the Psalms. Let's have a look at some other verses here. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Do you want to read that one for us, Lyle? Colossians Colossians 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ live in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I love this. Hey, this Colossians chapter three. And this is verse this is 16. your verse, Lawson. Dude, it's, it's this is your verse. It's how how can we connect with God? How can we let Christ dwell in us? You know, I was actually focusing on a verse throughout the last week, and it's First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and it goes through. It says Christ can Christ died according to the scriptures. And he was resurrected according to the scriptures. And the point that it's making there according to the scriptures is that not that it's according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but rather you can see the prophecies and the themes of Christ dying and resurrecting and saving his people right throughout the Old Testament. And Colossians 3.16 is making the same point here. It's like, let Christ dwell richly, like in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's like what he is referencing here when he's like, Yes, I want Christ to dwell in you through these things. Is Yeah, you know, you can write a modern song and it can be really powerful, even though we were talking yesterday about how modern worship music is a little bit watered down. But the point he's making here is, hey, crack crack open the Psalms and let Christ live in you. Mm -hmm. Let Christ dwell in you as you reflect on these things. Like, you know, we often talk about how Revelation is the the only book that contains a blessing to read it. And so I was like, guys, we need to read Revelation. We need to study it because it contains a blessing. But here it says, hey, if you want Christ to live in you, read the Psalms. Yes. And, you know, I just read this through here. I'm like, yeah, this, you know, the teaching and admonishing, I'm good with that. But when it comes to the Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, it's like, mm, not so much. <laughs> and singing, definitely not. Um, grace in your heart. Yeah, I want to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is your verse, Lawson. You, yeah. Because you, you you preach the word, you teach, you admonish, but you're into the Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and singing as well. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of split between those duties in my involvement in churches. It's either I'm up to preach or in the camp where we're going to be, you know, hanging out on Anzac Day. Um, I'm going to be leading music there in the so big camp. We all get together, and it's a big, you know, couple thousand people Christian conference. I'm going to be leading the music in the young adult tent so the young young adult uh age bracket so mate I, I i that's how i split my duties you know that's that's what i've what i've been doing hey we want to get to this last verse here well, not last verse for our study we're going to be coming back after the song that's coming up but james chapter 5 and 13 if you can get that one for us lyle heading to james 5 and verse 13 right now yeah he's he's getting there hey maybe maybe I, i've got it right here in front of me i can get yeah, this you, one you for really- you it says is any among you afflicted let him pray is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You know, I, I. Do you want to be happy in life, Lyle? You know, it's a weird thing, uh-huh. but I, I'm not a singer. Yeah, and so when I'm happy, you won't hear me singing. Sure, but you will hear me humming and whistling. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah. I have a I have a reputation for humming and whistling. <laughs> and, you know, there's a few sort of songs that I, I never even know what I'm humming or whistling, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time those are 
hymns and spiritual songs. So oh, that's so I good. guess music is a much more a part of my life than what I sometimes get credit for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Subconsciously. You know, I read this, I say, is any Mary, let him sing psalms. And it's like, I think you know, in the Christian walk, there are definitely ups and there's downs and there's difficulties, but also God is call, calls us to stay content. And in our contentment, whether we're going through trials or sad times, there is an air of God wanting us to to idealize and to become in some way merry. And it's like, hey, let's turn to the Psalms to sing them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're joined by myself, Lawson, and across from me, we've got none other than Lyle Southwell. Lyle, can you get for us our final quiz question. Okay, right down the end here it says, which chapter does Micah prophesy of the birth of the Messiah? Is it in chapter 5 or 7? So in which, ah. which chapter of Micah do you find the prophecy about the Messiah? Hey, well, look guys, it's it's one of two. It's not a, usually that it's usually you, those kind of things are a, and, a true or a false Africa. or something like that. Oh, it's Little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth unto me, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Something like that, it says. Mm. Something along those lines. I'm just sort of... Throwing it out there. Throwing it out there off the top of my head. Getting it done. Hey, absolutely. If you know which chapter that's from, are there five or seven? Guys, you got two options, really. 0491 Zero six four six six nine, and your only option should be to text us at that number with an answer. And if it's correct, it will give you a chance to go into the draw for the prize this week, which is the Revive Cafe Cookbook number three. Revive Cafe Cookbook number three, we want to give that to you absolutely for free. Again, that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And which chapter of Micah contains the prophecies of the birth of the Messiah? Is it chapter five or? Chapter 7. We had another text message here come through from Wayne. He says, The Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Sabbath existed in heaven before the world was created. And that is actually a fantastic segue into our second part of this Bible study, which is looking at what I would consider a modern psalm. A modern psalm that was coined by Jesus himself. I think there was definitely inspiration working in the Psalms. It's in, it's in the Bible for a reason. But And I don't want to call it a modern Psalm because it was written 2,000 years ago. Um, but it was, the, the I think, the quintessential New Testament prayer. Luke chapter 11, we find none other than the Lord's Prayer. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is because the lesson is, is getting into teach us how to pray. And it was it would be we we see patterns throughout the psalms of how they they lay out you know and they they usually have some kind of conflict and some level of resolution and they would use these psalms of prayers where they would tell their story but then Jesus in the most succinct way would go okay this is what the model prayer looks like and I want to really emphasize the point that he makes the model prayer uh, not necessarily that this is the only prayer you can pray it's not the formula prayer it's a model prayer there's a yeah. difference between the two yeah that's right. It's uh, We see here this prayer given to us by Jesus of what it should look like when we pray. What's interesting is the disciples begin by asking this question. They say, teach us to pray. And you sort of think, okay, these guys are all adults. Mm-hmm. The youngest might be 18. The oldest, you know, maybe mid to late 30s, somewhere around there sure. for the disciples. And they've reached adulthood in a society that is absolutely saturated in religion. Mm. And they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. You would think that 
they grew up praying. Mm. They've done a lot of praying all through their life. But they come to Jesus and say, teach us to pray. Clearly, Jesus was praying in a way that was very, very different, very foreign to them. Mm. And so they want to learn how to pray like Jesus prayed mm. rather than how they had learned to pray. And, of course, prayers were very formulaic in those days. Right? Absolutely. It's a little bit like, you know, um, in the past we've had the, you know, the common book of prayer, the Anglican book of prayer, the, you know, this book of prayer, that book of prayer, the other book of prayer. And so when you wanted to pray, you go to the book of prayer and you find a prayer and you read that prayer that is appropriate to that particular circumstance. Mm. And uh, the Bible describes that as being vain repetitions. Yeah, wow. You know, it's pretty pretty hard on it. But that's the kind of society in which they lived in in those days. And so you take away the book of prayer, or the equivalent thereof from, from that era, and it's kind of like, well, how do we actually pray? Mm. It wasn't only like the contents of Jesus' prayers, which they m- might have heard when Jesus prayed with them, but furthermore, the result of Jesus' prayers. Yes. That, that they see Jesus yes. going into the wilderness and praying all night and then coming out and then casting out demons and healing people and, and doing all kinds of miraculous works. And they're like, Jesus, like, how do we have this connection with God that you have? Because obviously prayer is making the difference. You know, we, we see that you have put this in such, as such a priority in your life. And so what does Jesus do? He teaches them and he gives them the, the model prayer, which is, well, the, the Lord's prayer. I grew up with it in school. You know, before I was a Christian, I, I was six years old. Every morning at the beginning of kindergarten, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have, uh, tra- or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. That well, was- thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. As human beings, we have done exactly what we were not supposed to do with this prayer. (laughs) Jesus gave this as a model prayer so that we wouldn't use it as a written prayer or a memorized prayer. And what have we done? We use it as a written or memorized prayer. Yeah. It's the most memorized prayer there is on the planet. Jesus gave it to us so that we wouldn't do that, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, this is human nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was it was fantastic reading. I, I believe it was John Whitcliffe who you look at a time during during that period where no one had access to the to the Bible, and Whitcliffe was like, you know, as he was writing translations of the Bible, he's like, I want every kid in the city to be able to memorize the Lord's Prayer because it just wasn't available. And then as a response to the proliferation of the Bible through society, the response of the, the, the uh, you could say, the, the church of the time, uh, the, the, the Dark Ages church was, hey, we'll just get everyone to memorize this. And if you have any problems, you can just recite it over and over and over again, and that will solve them. But that is not how Jesus describes this. He gives it to us as a model. And there's some really, really core tenets that we can see here that are such a blessing for us to come to God in prayer to, and that we can see reverberating right throughout the Psalms here. Firstly, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Putting God into the position of the sovereign above all else. That That's exactly And addressing your prayer to the Father. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Continues on. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Submitting yourself to his authority. And often we don't read that as 
a verse of, of personal surrender. Mm. We're just like, yeah, we'd love your will to be done here on this earth. We, we wish that uh, the whole world would follow you and that every government that was on this planet would follow you. <laughs> Ooh. No, Yikes. it starts with you. This is personal. Your will be done on earth means your will be done in my life. Mm. Whatever that will might be. Mm. And sometimes that will might be something that is very, very different from our will. Sometimes mm. it will be God's will that, you know, we are dealing with trials and temptations and difficulties and challenges because that's what we need in our life. But this is a prayer of surrender. Yeah, and furthermore, being at a crossroads in terms of choice and having one choice that leads towards God, another choice that leads away from God, and that choice that leads away from God might be looking appealing. It might be looking like something that will be beneficiary. But again, personal surrender and saying, God, your your will above my own. It then continues on, give us this day our daily bread. And prayer cake and, provision. and chocolate <laughs> and abundance of... Food that tastes yum. That tastes yum and is <laughs> a delicacy, right? <laughs> as uh, as uh, it was Marie Antoinette, right? He said, "Let, let them eat cake." <laughs> That's so intense. But yeah, I, okay. It, the Bible says supply our needs. It doesn't right. say supply our wants. Mm. Big difference right here. Yep. There's no prosperity gospel in this verse. None. What it's saying is, "Hey, God, give us what we need." And then finally, here, forgive us our sins. And, and I love that this is the longest part of this prayer, all about sin and forgiveness. It says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. I'm reading in the New King James, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us in the KJV. Uh, and lead us not into temptation. Keep us from temptation and deliver us it's from the It's just evil. fascinating to me here that Jesus inserts this line in the middle of this prayer. Mm. You know, forgive our sins. And lead us not into temptation. Mm. Uh, anybody can pray that. But he inserts that line there, as we also forgive everyone that is that sins against us. Mm. Wow. Yeah. He leaves, he puts that line in there, he inserts that line in there, not because we need to tell God that we are forgiving everyone. Mm. That's not the purpose of that line. That purpose of that line is to remind us as Christians to practice forgiveness just as God practices forgiveness. Yeah, well. mm. yeah. Absolutely. And then finally here, keep us safe, Lord. Help us to, to, to walk with you. And I think that theme, particularly in the Psalms of David, is right throughout. You know, as someone who was, who was eating with the enemy at his gates and, and whatnot, David was continually asking for the safety and the protection of, of God in the face of his kingly duties. And he was always, you know, we see that David uh, died of old age. He was always protected, but that was what he was expressing through his Psalms. And, and this is what Jesus is, is telling us to really do is pray God for protection. Firstly, like against temptation, uh, against sin. Like, again, we can say, Oh God, help me to not, you know, have a car crash today. Help me to not, you know, uh, uh, get get hit by an asteroid or a meteor meteorite or whatever. Like there, there are very real. Like that's that's a bit silly, but there are very uh, real things that can bring us into harm's way and can afflict us. But furthermore, it's saying, hey, help us for, to to not be self inflicting as well. Lead us from temptation. Uh, help us to deliver us from the evil one who will cause us to sin. You know what really jumps out to me from this this prayer right here? Mm. It's short. 
Yeah, well. Three verses long. <laughs> I grew up in an era, and some will remember this era, but when I was a, a young person, uh, the main prayer at church, if it was less than five minutes, you felt like they hadn't said a prayer. They'd cut, wow. cut it short and ripped you off. Wow. Yeah, so main prayer at church when I was a kid growing up was like five to ten minutes, and wow. sometimes prayed in King James Ling, Lang, uh, English. Yeah, that's right. Um, You're just kneeling the whole time. Yes. That's powerful. Yes. Uh, kneeling, eyes closed. And, and this wasn't a time when, you know, people would stand at the front and say, you know, um, we invite those who are able to kneel. It was like, we invite you to kneel. And everybody knelt. Mm. You know, even those who had to be helped back up again. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the prayer of Jesus here is three verses long. It's pretty concise. Yeah, you can rattle it off in about 15 seconds, Lord Snuffy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But it's a model prayer because it contains the elements that we are going to place into our prayer when we pray. That's right. That we, as people who pray, that the psalmists, as people who are writing their prayers, come to God with. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Here on Faith FM. And we have come to a time in which, again, guys, no questions to ask. Just questions to answer. You well, wow. Yes, let's 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 get through. So, I'm question thinking. number one was which book follows Micah, and the answer that we've got on our screen here is actually incorrect. Really? Yeah. How How do you know? Because it says Nahum. Oh, oh. Have yeah, you ever yeah. Have you ever read the oh, book of Nahum? No, I've never read the book of Nahum before, um, because Ham is Haram. And it's unclean. Yeah, it, there's it's, there's it's, no books like that in the Bible. Nahum. Uh, well, it says a, Nahum. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were looking Ham. for the book of Nahum. Nahum. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So yeah. no humming. Yeah. Yeah. Nay. <laughs> nay. No. No ham. No ham. No humming. No ham. No. Nahum is the one that we're after. So uh, if you had Nahum as your answer, you were Shout correct. Shout out producer Shell for uh, typos. You know, we're living. Here. <laughs> She's doing her best. She like organizes all these quizzes. So you know, we we give her a typo here and there. Yes. That's okay. All right. Question number two was according to Jeremiah chapter twenty six and verse eighteen. Micah of Morasheth prophesied during whose reign? Who was that there, Lawson? It was none other than Hezekiah. Yes. Oh. So Hezekiah was pretty privileged, eh? Yeah. He had a couple of prophets. That's right. He he lived in a time where the 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 word of the Lord was was rife. There was definitely a conflict in in his life, you know, and and conflicts and whatnot. And it's unfortunate that that, that following Hezekiah, you. Continue to see decline. It's unfortunate that Hezekiah gave birth, or his wife gave birth to Manasseh. Yeah, that's right. Very. It's unfortunate that Hezekiah got an extra fifteen years. That's right. He should just. He should have just gone to sleep, bro. Then Manasseh would never have been born. Yeah, and that would have been good. But hey, that's a soul for the kingdom lost. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, he's going to be there. Mm. Absolutely. Hey. Micah chapter 4 and verse 1. What happens when the Lord comes down from his dwelling places and treads on the high places of the earth? Okay, so this answer was a little bit subversive, and I hope that you were able to pick up the subversivenesses in it. Um, A was the mountains melt. B was the valleys split apart. C was both A or B. The answer is A, and why could it not be B or C? It's actually impossible for it to be B or C. 
because valleys don't split apart. Well, by nature, they're already split. <laughs> yeah. How do you split something that is already split? <laughs> okay, so the answer we're there is eight. Dicing valleys up there. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> that, we're splitting splits. That's powerful. Hey, fill in the blank here. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk Walk humbly with your God. That is sincerely and truly the path to heaven. You know, there was one character in the Bible, one guy in the Bible. He was walking with God and he just, he just walked straight to heaven. He walked humbly. His name was, his name was Enoch. You know, they were, they were walking around and, and all of a sudden God said, you know, Hey, we're a bit, bit closer to my home than we are to yours. Uh, let's just, let's just walk there and powerful, powerful story. And, And I feel like, yeah, this is this is the uh, the charge that we've been given as as Jesus's followers to to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk, to to tread, to to walk beside God humbly. And I love that too. Do justly and love mercy as well as we're talking about the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, and how much of a focus there is of, hey, don't just seek forgiveness from God. Uh, don't just yeah, don't just say hey. God, you know, help me to find, you know, resolve my issues, but hey, also forgive others who have sinned against you. Indeed. Okay, the final chapter, the final question was, which chapter does Micah prophesy of the birth of Messiah? Is it chapter 5 or 7? And Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, mm. Though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me he whose goings forth he he who is to be ruled in Israel whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting power you are listening to the breakfast show I have one more text that I want to wrap up with from Wayne he says my devotion the first sentence I ever wrote was I love you mum and dad nice (laughs) my mum and my dad were my teachers my first prayer I ever prayed was to Jesus he taught me how to pray Jesus is my teacher, Matthew 23, verse 10 to 12, it says here, And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. Amen. Where would we be without Jesus, our teacher, without prayer? How would we praise our Lord in love and thankfulness? Prayer is a living and walking with Jesus. Galatians five sixteen, the Bible says, Walking in the Spirit, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh... For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Have a joyful day. Amen. Thank you so much for sending that in, Wayne. And we can just see you right there. Putting Christ as our teacher, walking with him is what is needed and necessary as he teaches us how to do all things, how to pray, how to live. Uh, I've got a book that I'm giving away here. It's called At Jesus' Feet, The Gospel According to Mary Magdalene by Doug Batchelor. And it's all about, well, well, feet, walking, learning from Jesus, putting him first in our lives. It's not the gospel of Mary Magdalene, just so you know. Oh, we're not Gnostics. No, 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 no. no, no. (laughs) Uh, It's It's a book about Mary Magdalene, kind of from Mary Magdalene's perspective, um, learning about grace 
and uh, mercy at the feet of Jesus. That's right. If you want this, 0491-064-669. Text the word book. The first text through will get it absolutely for free. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, today to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.